Dreamers. This is Janine. And Stephanie. And this is The Course of Course, episode 63. So, Steph, we've both been away. We've had quite a number of journeys. I can't wait to talk about where we've been, where we're going, and what's been happening in our lives. So why don't you kind of give us an update on your Canadian adventure? Okay. So it's early August right now, and it's the heat of summer. And around 4th of July, I got to take a beautiful trip up north of Canada to visit my family. And it was such a different environment, of course, compared to L.A. It was just beautiful green. It wasn't too hot. The whales came up to the front yard, and you could wake <laughs> up and hear them. Or, the whales came um, up the ap- to the front yard, like figuratively. I well, our, our property on the island is right on the water. So there's a little bay there, and it's it must be whale season. My mom said the other day there was 14 boats out in the middle of the ocean following the whales around, which normally isn't happening right at this time of year. Maybe it's part of the climate change. I'm not sure. But unlike last year, we had a lot of fish swimming around to catch. So that was good for all of our friends who like to fish and bring it back to the sea over the winter months or whatever. Oh, that's right, because last Um, year you said the fish are all gone. Somebody took all the fish. Exactly. It was pretty interesting. But this year they were all there. Um, There was one attached to a small trout. It was a lingcod. It was you know, three feet long. So when the kid was bringing up the fish and like having all the resistance, we then understood what was going on. So we got two fish for one hook, which was kind of fun and exciting. And also we got the uh, a couple salmons and we had oysters and well, got to visit hollyhock. Front yard, so <laughs> hollyhock is a spiritual center there that Andrew Weil discovered through one of the foragers on the island that's into mushrooms and stuff. And I guess when Andrew was going to launch his supplement companies, he was meeting people from all over the world and he ended up buying a house there. So he's near Hollyhock. And it was interesting to meet people from Whidbey Island, which is an area that I am looking at moving to. It's outside of Seattle and it's still on the state side. So I met Four people from Whidbey Island, which I thought was synchronistic and maybe a, a subtle message to, hey, you should check out Whidbey Island because there are people who live on Whidbey that go to Cortez and back and forth. So I felt like that was a sign. And just for our listeners, um, the island in which the whales are on your front yard, that is kind of north of Vancouver, correct? Yes, it is. There's a bunch of cruise lines that come up through there. So that's also kind of fun. You can go online and see every boat that's passing through that channel. And what I didn't know is the ocean's pretty dangerous. So a lot of those cruise lines go in two ships at a time, even though they're different you know, competitors, they'll travel up that Canadian in, inner coast together. There's a huge fire happening though right now on the inside of British Columbia, and they can't even see the islands across from them. It's that smoky. But I also read a really good book from uh, Michelle Smallwright, which completely blew my mind. It was one of her autobiographies. It's called Dancing in the Shadows of the Moon. It's about her kind of like living a dual life. You know, this is duality anyway, but she's able to shift into another dimension which I know might sound a little crazy out there, but um, she works with nature and she's spiritual and she's intuitive and she's able to connect in with 
different groups of people, you know, that are trying to help us as humans shift from the Piscean, which has been more of a war type of era, into the Aquarian, which is more of a peaceful type of uh, era. And the flower essences that she was guided by nature to create are helping to assist people. And one of the programs that I've been doing with her is the medical assistance program, which is tuning in with the overlighting Dave of healing and, and pan and the white brotherhood. And it's just fascinating to learn about the white brotherhood and how they are helping us, you know, shift and they kind of hold the pattern and they have different schools. So they have like a religious school and a government and philosophy and education and science. And they're all working through our higher consciousness, through the mind, the level of the mind. And it's just fascinating. So you read that while you were on vacation in Canada. I did. And it seemed like a perfect place because I was unplugged from the L.A. scene and I was just completely into nature. And it was the first time my trip with my parents went really, really smoothly. That's you know how it is when you're around family. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's like we can't wait to be with them. And then when we're with them, those old family patterns start showing back up. That felt like an accomplishment or a healing. I did uh, meditation every day. And uh, I have my recorded meditations that Jackie made for me. So I like to listen to those and my Stephen Halpern music and just keep practicing true forgiveness. Speaking it, of true it, forgiveness, it's working. Yes. Cindy Laura Renard has written a new book. It's called A Course in Health and Healing. And she focuses how the course can be applied to your health, your well being, and your life in general using those principles. And I got to say, I read it the first day I got it and I couldn't put it down. It was a one day read, it was fairly short, it was a little more than 100 pages. I got a lot out of it, and one of the reasons why I found it so compelling is she provided a lot of anecdote, a lot of experiences that she had um, as a child and growing up, and in particular health issues, and how the course really helped her get past them, and kind of reiterated how much health issues are really started in the mind. They're in the mind, and it's a matter of healing the mind, and then everything else will fall into place. I loved it. I thought it was great. She had some anecdotes just talking about her and how she met Gary and they ended up getting together and the circumstances kind of behind her realizing that she was Artin in the Gary books. He has three books out that talk about Artin and Persa. She was Artin. He was Persa. So it's fascinating kind of her take on it because usually when we do see Gary and Cindy, we hear a lot about the disappearance of the universe and his subsequent two books after that we really didn't get too much from her perspective so I appreciated it I thought it was fantastic I would give it five out of five stars if I was on Yelp so those <laughs> of you who are real course students or at least those who enjoy disappearance of the universe I strongly recommend a course in health and well-being by Cindy Laura Renard and I think she's got a like two or three more that will come out over time as well. That's great. Um, I will read anything she writes now. She's She's got oh, such a sure. great writing style. Well, we're lucky enough to live near them so that we could go to workshops with them. So we've been able to see Cindy own and be a master of the course in all the workshops we've been doing. And so it's beautiful that she's got this book now so more and more people can hear from her. 
And we've learn. only really been kind of core students since I think it was 2014. So that makes us still very novice in our pursuit. But even in the short time that we've been going to these workshops, I feel like we've sort of seen her blossom into this amazing force to be reckoned with in terms of just an enlightened teacher. And she has just a strong aura about her and she's so lovely and kind and generous and gentle. I can't say enough things about her. To me, she's one of the most self-actualized people I've had the pleasure of meeting in this lifetime, at least at this moment. I agree. Her and her sister. Oh, absolutely. Jackie, Jackie Laura well. Jones. Jackie Laura Jones. So awesome. In fact, they're in Hawaii right now at the retreat in Maui. So we can connect with them at the level of the mind. <laughs> we can enjoy Hawaii did, through them. Yeah. <laughs> when they were all in Utah for the fundraiser for the Foundation of Inner Peace to mm -hmm. raise money so they could translate the books and keep getting them out there in the world, I was tuning in with them there. It seemed like a real power weekend. I just wasn't willing to camp in a tent. <laughs> You're not into so the, the Decided camping. not to go. <laughs> um, but Gary Renard had sent out in his newsletter a picture of everyone who was at that retreat. So it was really nice to see some of those people, the names of which we've heard over and over again, like Judy Scutch and things like that. Uh, I thought maybe I could drop some dates of some upcoming workshops so it could get on people's radar. For instance, Cindy's doing a solo in October on the 7th in Aurora, New York. And it's called Letting Go of the Fear and Healing the Dream of Separation. So if you're anywhere in that New England area, you should get a hold of the gal who's organizing that. And it's on our page. And it's also on her page. And I think it's on Gary's page. So you can find the information somewhere. And then on September 16th, her and Jackie are doing one in Toledo, Ohio. Your old stomping ground, my, my Ohio. <laughs> and then Mikey Lemieux is hosting Gary and Cindy up in Ashland, Oregon, coming up in a couple of weeks on Saturday, the 19th of August. And there are still some seats available. Yeah, we were planning on going. I'm not going to be able to make it. You may or may not be able to make it. It's just an unfortunate time. But, man, I feel so badly I'm not going to be able to see Mikey. I just I adore him. I find him so dear, and I wish I could be there. Yeah, I'm hoping it's still going to work out. We have uh, our cast. We're finishing our movie. We're doing ADR. We were going to do that in September. And then Skywalker Sound said, hey, can you guys get this done in August instead? And now it looks like I have three different actors in different places, you know, Vancouver, L.A., Miami, and we got to figure out who's going to what. So maybe I'll get lucky and get to go to Ashland. That would be awesome if it all worked out, but I guess we'll see how things unfold. This is true. It's in the script. Exactly. One of the nice things the course has given me is just the memory of the fact that why worry? Even though I, I am not great at it, it has helped me at least just inch myself toward that concept of worrying about something that hasn't happened yet. There's no point to it. That's very good information. How's work going? You know, um... Those of you who have listened to our podcast, and certainly, Steph, you've been with me on this journey, I have had this pattern where I had been creating what I like to call villains in my script at work. And, you know, I have a new villain that has shown up, so that's fun. <laughs> and so it's been a journey. Every day I have to remember that this isn't real. None of this exists. I'm creating it. So I am getting the fact that 
I am responsible for that which I see and that which I believe. So for me, it's just a matter of, okay, thank you very much for all the lessons that keep presenting themselves, <laughs> which they have. And I just need to get past it. And I just need to see that whoever I'm creating is just a creation of, of me kind of outwardly projected. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I currently have a, a new villain that I wouldn't say is as bad as the other villains. If there's one thing I can say, at least my villains don't have as much bite to them. So maybe eventually I'll, I'll create a villain that's like, oh, whatever, step aside. So we'll see. But, <laughs> but my, vill- my villains all seem to be uh, of a higher um, level at work. So like in a hierarchy situation, they would be somebody who is not my peer. They're above me on the, the chart. And because of that, I keep creating these situations where I have quasi-powerlessness. Like, oh, they have power mm. over me. Right. So I do see the patterns and getting a little more aware of them. I just have to be patient with myself. Clearly, this is a lesson that has been around many, many times, not just in this one, but in previous incarnations. So I get that this is something big. This is probably one of those big forgiveness lessons of myself and this Janine experience. So hopefully I can get through this one a little sooner and I can release this kind, pure and innocent loving character back to wherever and see him as um, completely innocent and kind and and just playing the part to allow me to get through the forgiveness lesson so we'll see i'm trying not to put too much effort on this one i'm sorry i'm trying not to put too much attention on this particular villain because i think that's also not helping me if i keep focusing Mm -hmm. on it just keep making the villain even even worse you know it's interesting how the ego is always the first to speak, you know, it's always trying to grab our attention away from our peace. Mm-hmm. But the second we notice the peace is gone, we can just shut it down mid sentence. It doesn't matter what's going on or what the conversation is or the intensity of it. It's just like, okay, stop. I'm going to choose again. I'm going to join with my decision maker and pull in the Holy spirit and Jay, and I'm just going to give it all over. And I'm just going to go think of something else now. Thank you very much. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's really just about being conscious in the moment and understanding that, you know, it. I would love to get to a place where I'm really appreciative of every moment. And even though I think the course talks a lot about um, there's no difference in miracles, they're all the same. You know, one mm-hmm. small thing is the same as another. And it's the same thing with our experiences. They're all the same. They don't exist. So why are we placing more, you know what I mean, more prevalence on one than the other? Again, every day, it's just a journey into self-discovery. But I can say that it also is in reverse, I guess, or in opposition. I have had a lot of discovery lately on kind of like the relationship front. I've been flying back and forth. Uh, You guys know that I'm now located primarily in Dallas, but I'm going back and forth to L.A. every few weeks. And... The good thing is I get to see my, I get to see you, number one, but I also get Mm -hmm. to see um, my significant other that I've talked about not in name. And I just had one of those moments I had shared with you, Stephanie, while I was in Scotland a number of years ago. I was living in Edinburgh, and I was with a classmate of mine, and he had said, hey, do you want to climb up? this place called Arthur's Seat. Arthur's Seat in Edinburgh is like a, I would just call it like a 
not a mountain, which is called a big hill, I guess. But you climb up it, and once you get to the top, you can see this massive vista of the city of Edinburgh. And you can see the Firth of Forth, which is like the sea, essentially. It's just beautiful. And we were sitting on the edge of this hill. And I remember at that moment thinking, take a picture of this in your mind because it felt perfect. Everything felt perfect. I was sitting there on the edge of this thing, looking at this massive expanse in this foreign country. I had this breeze coming at me. I just remember that moment so vividly because it felt perfect. And I experienced that again uh, just recently. On Saturday morning, I was with my significant other. We'd woken up, had a fantastic morning. And we were in his living room, and we were just sitting there. He's got these two great big dogs that I just adore. And we weren't even talking, actually. I think he was looking at his iPad. And um, on the TV, we didn't even have anything on the TV. It happened to be the guide <laughs> for DirecTV up. I mean, we weren't even watching anything. <laughs> and I was just sitting there. I had my, my head on one of his dogs, uh, kind of using it as a pillow. And I had that same feeling as I did in Edinburgh. Remember this moment. This is perfect. I thought, you know what? It is. I feel like I've gotten to the point with him where we we don't have to speak. We see each other when we can. We both have been so good in terms of just kind of letting each other be. We don't have a lot of the trappings of my previous relationships of expectation and why isn't my boyfriend doing this or doing that? It's like I feel that I have become a, a better person with him in my life for sure. But I also think that I've become a better person because he's reminding me of who I really am. And I'm so grateful for that. I mean, even if we, we – our relationship changes and isn't currently as it is constituted now. I am still so grateful that of all the relationships I've had, and you've watched me go through many of them, this one just feels different. I'm not saying that it wasn't a challenge the first year or so. Um, it was a little, I would say, rocky, but looking back and having the advantage of retrospection and introspection – and also maturity. And the course. And the course. Here's the thing. Ironically, we started getting together around the time we started doing the course. So it's been this nice little kind of parallel journey, I think. But also it's just about understanding who I am in relationship to other people and certainly who I am in a relationship in a relationship. That's being redundant. But it's just like it was a huge realization. I'm sitting on the plane flying back from L.A. yesterday, and I thought, oh, my God. I feel like I've turned the corner a bit on personal relationships because I struggled. I think a lot of people struggle with these, just a lot of construct on expectation of someone. I feel like because I've had so many of these relationships, this one feels so freeing, so genuine, even though we aren't all that romantic with each other. It's not like, oh, I love you so much. You're so amazing. It's not like that at all. <laughs> I've had other relationships where all we did was talk about how much we loved each other and, you know, they fizzled out and, you know, kind of want to stick them in the eye. But this one, this one is not that. It is, it is not wrapped in kind of like that patina 
of relationship that so many people talk about. But the other thing I was thinking about, the realization when I was flying home yesterday, you do a lot of thinking on a plane, by the way, because there's not much else to do. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my God, my longest relationship in the Janine lifetime, aside from family that we're sort of, you know, kind of stuck with, um, is you. We've known each other. We've been together. We've been family for 27 years. Wow. I was on the plane and I went, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My longest relationship is with you. That's beautiful. I know. And we've been on this course journey for a while now. I'm sure we'll continue to be in this course journey. But we both have just learned and grown so much, not just when we first met. Um, I know you don't remember this, but I remember distinctly you sitting on the bed with me and us eating an entire cake. That was when we first met <laughs> that cake. Yeah. But anyway, um, I also know that we're just on journeys in lifetime after lifetime after lifetime, right? So that's why we tend to be attracted to people. That's why we hang out with people because we've known them for so long. And that's also why maybe we don't have a strong connection with other people because maybe we don't have some of that background. But I do know, I'm going to dovetail into your experience recently. I do know that when we come across somebody where there's like an instant spark, it means something. So for you, you you are definitely on fire. I'm definitely learning how to balance and manage a romantic newness. Uh, I, you know, it's it's there's a part of my physical body that just wants more and more and more, like it's sugar and yeast, you know, just exploding. And I have to stop myself, and I have to remind myself that I'm not really a body and yeah, these cravings are happening, but it's interesting to see the emotional side of it. So like, you know, I came back from Canada, there were alarms going off in my apartment. I don't know why anybody didn't call them in. It was just, it just seems like the whole month has been a very weird electrical month, especially because I'm so into flower essences, which is all about healing our electrical circuits. Oh. I've been doing a lot of nap sessions to keep moving the energy forward. But it's like the the power went out in our block a couple of times. The light went out in my kitchen. The light went out in my hallway. My email stopped working on my computer at work. My script program disappeared off my laptop. I don't know, just weird. All these weird electrical kinds of, of things are happening. And this emotion underlying is, you know, yeah, I want more, I want more, I want more, and I can't have it. Because this other person's got a whole life and not wanting to feel guilty and over desire and not wanting to project him to feel guilty. You know, I finally just like wrote a sign once, which, which was like, you know, uh, little J is a weapon that the ego is trying to use against you, you know, give it up and choose again. And it, it definitely helped me in that moment because I forget, I remember, I forget, I remember, and I feel like with the heat, oh yeah, like the heat, the air conditioning went out at work, I've had these weird fans going, and they got to dig a trench, and it's just been a weird, weird, weird month. Well, what what about this little Jay that has kind of awakened you? What is he awakening in you besides the physical piece of it? Yeah, well, I, I realized that I would like to have a partnership with another person. 
romantically? I don't. Well, like, I'd like to wake up next to somebody. I would like to come home to somebody. I would like to maybe make dinner for two since I'm making dinner anyway and not have it all sit in the refrigerator because I can't eat it all. You know, there's a certain amount of life that has to happen, doing the laundry, cleaning the house. And whether it's one person or two people, it doesn't really matter. So I feel sometimes, like, we could save time and save money if we could partner up with someone. I just – I haven't – had that since I lived in Virginia Beach when Pepe and I lived together for a year I really enjoyed that but that was 27 years ago or 20 something years ago so it's been a really long time because I've been so work focused and spiritually focused that I just didn't want to deal with a partner I didn't want to get married I didn't want to have kids and now that I'm kind of through that window and with Maria's book and some other things that have ha- that happened I was really into exploring you know what is love and was feeling love and extending love and increasing love and then this person shows up and it's like all of a sudden there's this structure this framework of wow now you have love and how do you incorporate that into the life and balance it and I don't know so I'm just going to take it day by day and just keep giving it over so you guys work with each other and you were having, you know, an experience where you felt like the energy was off and you weren't sure if he was still really into the situation or not. And you kind of were like, look, if, if you're not, if you don't have time to see me, that's okay. It's kind of like I, when you were telling me that I was like, I've experienced that so many times when you kind of get a sense that the person that you're interested in may have like stopped being as interested in you or whatever. And so our ego and our instincts kick in our defense mechanisms and we throw it out like, well, it's okay. If you don't want to hang out, that's okay. Because it's easier for us to put it out there than to have it. You know what I mean? Like us be the one saying, look, it's cool. No big deal. As opposed to them saying something to us. I thought that was really interesting. It was like a little thing that you had said that immediately I was like, I totally understand what you're coming from. But it turned out mm-hmm. it was more like a, an unfounded fear for you than it was an actual situation. Possibly. I don't know what to call it. All I know is about four weeks had passed and there wasn't a whole lot of interactions. So I just thought, well, you know, I guess I'm supposed to be focusing on my next career and all my projects. And me thinking about him is kind of slowing me down and stopping me from my projects. So where am I supposed to be focused on? And just kind of giving him the permission slip to. I feel like mm -hmm. that just shows how how much maturity you have. That you were able to say, you know what, maybe I just need to focus over here. Because we tend Mm. to get so involved emotionally that it kind of overrides our. Everything. I also think that you Uh probably don't have as many. I mean, I've had many relationships, but the reality is I needed them because I had to learn. I don't think you needed those lessons. Uh, I think that they present themselves to us for reasons so we can get through them. I think that you're pretty mature with this. I think it's nice to have well, it come into your life now, but I don't think you've needed the kind of over and over lessons that I've had to endure. Yeah, I think that we just have a different experience. Like mine has been so much around the person I work with, which has been very intense and got me into the course when I said there has to be a better way. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's like you're doing work. You have work um, confrontations or experiences as well. 
Um, but the one with mine, it's just her and I, and it was like a marriage. So it was pretty in intense. My previous villains that I keep creating um, in a workspace, they eventually just disappear. I mean, literally. They, they will leave the company or retire or whatever. So I just figured the best way to handle it is just wait it out. <laughs> just have them all retire. And then I'll be like, yay, finally. I love it because it's like disappearance of the universe. Somehow you mastered it and transformed it and they just disappeared. That's it's great. I do think in the future, I don't know if it will be with little Jay, but there is a partner out there for me that is hopefully learning about the course. And I think it could be a nice little, you know, love, hopefully living together, a nice, like, way to end my life. Just like how um, Art and Impersa found each other later in life. I would love to have something like that. Yeah. Just because I feel like I haven't really had much uh, love in that kind of format this time around. But, you know, whatever happens, happens. No, I agree. I mean, I... Uh... Yeah. I feel like I have found mine on some level. Maybe there's just a number of art and purses out there that we can experience. But I agree with you. I mean, not that we're old, but we're definitely kind of, we have some seasoning to us. So it's a lot easier now, I think, at least in, in my life, to be able to say, okay, I'm over the hump with this other stuff, you know, career and money and all that thing. So now it's a matter of, who am I and where do I want to go with the time I have available to me in the Janine incarnation? How do I want this story to work out, to unfold? Mm -hmm. And we had talked mm -hmm. before about where we would like to land, uh, kind of like in retirement. And it's one of the things why you're so kind of juiced up about Woodby Island. It's like, where do we want to be? I, I'm still not locked down on where I want to be. I just, like for you, I think it's pretty clear you want to be by water and you want to uh, farm and, you know, be with nature. I'm still not quite sure where I want to go. Um, but I do know that wherever it is, I want to be around people I really care about. I don't want to be in a beautiful place alone, right? So right. I've been having, because I've been away um from pretty much everybody kind of solo here in Dallas for a couple months and it's it's been a little jarring for me only because I'm not I'm not the most extroverted person I'm pretty introverted so it's and also at a certain stage in your life it's not as easy to acquire new friendships it's not like we were younger mm -hmm. college and stuff like that so you know I am realizing that where I am is fine temporarily, but wherever I'm going to be, I'm going to be with people I care about. I'm going to be in a community. And you and I talked about wouldn't it be great if we could find land and mm -hmm. you know, put some houses on it and like the small tiny houses or whatever and just create that community of people we really care about that, you know, we can support each other on our spiritual journey. So I think that may be kind of where I'm heading to. I'd be down with that as well. Yeah. I just want to keep building that bridge back to God, that connection, that awareness. And I feel like grounding it is really important for me. Mm -hmm. I feel like um, I get guidance. I, I, I have intuition that's developing, which is wonderful. But I'm sitting in an office for so much of my time or sitting in a car. I just wish I had a little bit more free time. So I'm kind of hoping my next job is something that I can – I mean, ideally, it would be television production. I'd be doing all my gardening shows and 
I could work on a show and then have a little break, or maybe I could go travel, have work on a show and have a little break, or I don't know. We'll see. But I feel like downtime and um, healing time is really important. I feel like I've just been for 20 years now on this job, on email, taking care of people that I'm just almost empty, you know, like I'm depleted and I need to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. That's definitely clear to me. So that's one reason I'm turning to nature and flower essences and meditation and things to also help. I listened to the Thomas Jefferson podcast because of my history um, love and I think the last one I listened to was talking about Thomas Jefferson was such an avid gardener and he felt like everything comes from the soil. Life comes from the soil. And it's extremely important to always remember that and get back to it. It's uh, healing and nourishing and therapeutic. And it's one of the main reasons why so many people are really into gardening. There is something that mm. connects us with the soil that so many people feel the need to, you know, even if it's on the weekends or in the evenings, to get back to it. So I appreciate you're a master gardener and you're very much into the soil. And I've seen so many things that you've grown um, and they're delicious. And just that joy you have when you garden. It When I think of people who have passions and I always felt like, well, I don't really have a lot of passions. You have passions and you are very passionate about gardening on every level, communication, actually doing it. And you've been talking about soilless gardens as well. It's like gardens are such a huge thing with you. And it's nice kind of seeing you be able to express that now. Yeah, I never thought of gardens before as something that is described by nature as being something that humans create. Nature says you don't walk out into a forest and find a patch of watermelons. Like watermelons are grown because a human plants the seeds in a certain area. And so there can be regular, you know, vegetable herb flower gardens, but then there can also be what they call a soil-less garden. And a soil-less garden is anything that a human determines by definition, direction, and purpose that it's going to be a soilless garden. So that could be, for instance, I'm setting this up for myself, my next career, my production company, that's going to be a soilless garden. And I can use some of the same garden practices of balancing the soil and doing energy clearings within the context of this company that I'm creating in co-creation with nature and spirit. It's pretty exciting. You know, I, I, I know that it's, possibly considered magic but I kind of feel like it's also another expression of God it, God is in everything because we're still in the dream and it's just another way of communicating and helping us heal the mind even faster and I just want the, the you know like the speediest way to awaken fully and um, excited to, to see what happens in the next couple years I love that it's magic I mean, that's okay. We're in third dimension. Everything's magic, really. Yeah, I love that the Paralandra materials talk a lot about oneness and love and healing and that her experiences tie in with Finhorn because I was such a huge fan of Finhorn, which I still haven't actually been to. But then I recently met 
our friends from the, that came out for the Miracle Choice game, the card game mm-hmm. that we did here. James uh, was here from Finhorn Community in Venice. It was the same weekend as Maria Felipe's book release party, and we all hung out. And uh, there's there's some there's something there about nature and as an avenue for remembering who we are. So I just love how it's all tying together with my interests over the year years. I just think it's interesting. It all comes together. I am so grateful that we are at this point in our lives where all these amazing teachers are coming into our world and all of these different expressions of our passions are what we're fascinated by or the magic that we're creating within each other and outside of each other. It's been a really just a lovely time. I'm finding that I don't know, maybe it's just because of a certain time of year or something, but I'm finding that we are hitting our stride and not so much in a aggressive uh, achievement oriented way, but it's more just a be being more calm and more centered. I feel more centered and calm than I have I think pretty much in my entire life. That's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, obviously I still have some rough edges I need to smooth out, but so far, so far it's going all right. Do you have anything else to share with us before we end this podcast? Yes. Um, uh, the movie documentary that I had worked on for the last few years called Rooted in Peace. Uh, the director, Greg, just told me that it's now nationwide at Whole Foods. I thought I had been out a couple months ago. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but it's now actually in like 800 Whole Foods markets around the country. Oh my God, that's Along huge! With the, Congratulations with the soundtrack. Yeah, really and we're great. doing some stuff on International Peace Day, which is September 21st. We're trying to get it screened across the country through the digital projecting that you can do in all the movie theaters. Mm-hmm. So it's now available. You can download it and or buy the Blu-ray. Okay. Rooted in Peace. And Stephanie's producer on it, so fantastic. Thanks, everyone. It's been a pleasure bringing you the Course of Course episode 63. We promise we will be back on mic a little sooner next time. And until then, peace to our minds. Let all our thoughts be still. Good night. Bye, everyone.